Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. The rooster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. And here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. Elon Musk, he has the green light to buy Twitter. He's reached a $44 billion deal to buy the social media giant. Three states have won an injunction to stop the lifting of Title 42 as of May 23rd preventing a flood of migrants across the U.S.-Mexico border. Strip measures underway in China's capital of Beijing. It's all due to an outbreak of COVID with panic buying and massive mandatory testing in the communist nation. Former President Donald Trump's been found in contempt of court. He's facing a $10,000 a day fine following an order Monday by Manhattan judge. It's all part of state attorney general's investigation into the Trump organization. The director of the FBI says murders against police officers skyrocketed last year, up 59 percent. Well, he's got a deal. Twitter's board of directors Monday accepted Elon Musk's $44 billion deal to buy the social media giant. The purchase gives the world's richest man control over Twitter. Analyst Dan Ives of Wedbush on what this huge deal means. Does it change it to a subscription platform? Freedom of speech, has it changed Twitter? I think more questions than answers at this point. And I think ultimately this is really going to be a 12, 18-month project to try to transform Twitter. The takeover still needs final approvals. The two sides worked through the night to hash out a deal. Musk plans to take Twitter private in a deal of valuing at the company at $54.20 a share. The Tesla and SpaceX CEO has described himself as a free speech abolitionist. He has criticized what he sees as excessive moderation on online platforms. Twitter's up $2.70 a share at $51.70. The CEO of former President Trump's Truth Social Network, former Representative Devin Nunes, says Trump has no interest in going back to the Twitter platform. He was banned, of course, from it following the January 6th riot. Well, Title 42 will remain in place for now. A federal judge has granted a temporary restraining order keeping the Centers for Disease Control's policy of not considering asylum for migrants due to COVID-19 in place. Missouri, Louisiana, and Arizona sued to keep it in place. And since they filed their suit, 19 other states joined in that lawsuit. The Biden administration earlier this month said Title 42 would be lifted as of May 23rd. Here's White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. I would just note that we're continuing to prepare for March, May 23rd and the May 23rd and the implementation. And there is a multi-part strategy that Secretary Mayorkas has been leading and overseeing for the past several months. It is not yet known if the White House will appeal this temporary injunction. A written decision from the judge is expected. The Department of Homeland Security said the lifting of Title 42 would allow at least 
18,000 migrants a day across the U.S.-Mexico border. That's more than double the current rate of about 9,000. A new COVID-19 outbreak is reported in China's capital of Beijing. It's caused things like panic buying at grocery stores, mandatory testing, and China's stock markets to plunge. The spread of the Omicron variant in Beijing follows massive lockdowns in Shanghai. The Beijing municipal government ordered late Monday night that almost everybody in the city would have to take three PCR tests for the coronavirus over five days. The order came after 70 coronavirus cases had been found in the city since last Friday. One Beijing citizen spoke to Reuters. There is definitely a certain degree of worry because it will affect jobs and overall efficiency. But I don't think it will develop as it has in Shanghai. From my point of view, it can be controlled. Massive mandatory testing underway by the Chinese Communist government after 70 COVID-19 cases were detected there last Friday. Beijing's government ordered residents in Chaoyang District to take three PCR tests over five days. On opposite days, residents in 10 other districts are also to undergo that mandatory testing. Former President Donald Trump is in civil contempt of court. He's being fined $10,000 a day following Monday's order by Manhattan Judge Arthur Engoran. The fine is for repeated delays and failures to comply with New York State Attorney General Letitia James' fraud investigation into the Trump organization. The judge ruled Trump ignored a March 31st deadline to turn over paperwork. Trump in the past has blasted any investigation against him. These prosecutors are vicious, horrible people. They're racists and they're very sick. They're mentally sick. They're going after me without any protection of my rights by the Supreme Court or most other courts. In reality, they're not after me. They're after you. And I just happen to be the person that's in the way. That's what they're after. The attorney general alleges Trump's family company has engaged in things like fraudulent and misleading business practices by manipulating the value of its properties for financial gain. Trump's attorney is Alina Habba. She vowed to immediately take steps to get the contempt order revoked. Habba says the Trump organization has already turned over to the AG more than six million documents related to the attorney general's three-year-old investigation into the Trump organization. The head of the FBI, Director Christopher Wray, addressed the skyrocketing rate of murders against police officers Sunday. He says the surge of 59 percent in 2021 is outpacing general violent crime. Ray made these comments during a 60 Minutes interview on Sunday. But one of the phenomena that we saw uh, in last year is that an alarming percentage of the 73 law enforcement officers killed in the line of duty last year were killed through things like being ambushed uh, or shot while out on patrol. Wearing the badge shouldn't make you a target. The total murder rate rose 29 percent last year. The U.S. lost 73 police officers to attacks in 2021. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Showers after 5 this afternoon. Cloudy skies today are high 62. Those showers should end by late this evening, about 11 p.m. Clearing skies overnight, the low 50. Mostly sunny tomorrow, the high 55, but breezy. Winds 15 to 20 miles per hour. Right now, 52 cloudy skies here in Manhattan. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. 
New York Republican Representative Elise Stefanik tried to change the topic to Hunter Biden's laptop yesterday during a meeting of the intelligence officials. The meeting was to brief select members of Congress on future threats to U.S. elections. Stefanik serves on the House Intelligence Committee, and she asked officials during the April 1 briefing whether they had any evidence of Russian involvement in the release of Biden's laptop to the news media in the fall of 2020. Intelligence told Stefanik the question would be better answered by law enforcement. Here's Stefanik back in 2019 during an impeachment hearing for former President Donald Trump. I know that my constituents in New York 21 have many concerns about the fact that Hunter Biden, the son of the vice president, sat on the board of a corrupt company like Burisma. The Obama administration, State Department, was also concerned. And yet Adam Schiff refuses to allow this committee to call Hunter Biden despite our requests. The possibility of Russian involvement was floated by high-ranking former government officials in the weeks before the 2020 presidential election. Stefanik's query underscores the Republican questions about the financial dealings of President Joe Biden's son, which the GOP intends to pursue should they take control of Congress in the midterm elections. Hunter Biden's business dealings are the subject of a probe by the Delaware Attorney General. Well, Centrist Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia is pressing for more domestic fossil fuel production and new climate legislation involving potential executive actions. It comes amid voter unrest over things like high energy prices and dependence on Russian energy. Here's Manchin on MSNBC back in March. For us to be strong, to be the superpower of the world, we should develop here in North America, a North American energy alliance with Canada and and basically Mexico and United States as one continent, basically, that could be the energy hub. According to lobbyists and congressional aides, Senator Manchin is interested in getting financial help and uh, permitting help for natural gas exports and oil and gas pipelines. He's also pushing for Policies to make it easier for companies to drill more on federal territory. A former high school assistant football coach, Joseph Kennedy, was fired from his job for praying on the 50-yard line, and he has taken his case all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. The high court's conservative majority seemed sympathetic to the former Bremerton high school coach for violating his First Amendment rights. Some justices suggested Monday they viewed that prayer as a private matter. Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor. That if you look at our prayer cases, the idea of why the school can discipline him is that that puts a kind of undue pressure, a kind of coercion on students to participate in religious activities when they may not wish to, when their religion is different or when they have no religion. The case is one of several involving religion in public. The justices are being asked in part to sort out whether prayers are a form of government speech, given that Kennedy was a private school employee. The court, with their 6-2-3 conservative majority, has in recent years moved to bolster religious rights. There's no final decision in this particular case just yet. Well, documents that Navy SEALs obtained during the 2011 execution of Osama bin Laden find that bin Laden plotted to attack the U.S. in the wake of 9-11. He encourages the use of things like private jets rather than passenger planes to carry out a follow-up spectacular to 9-11. Author and Islamic scholar Nelly Lahoud on 60 Minutes. He's very eager to replicate the 9-11 attacks in, in the United States. You know, he, he, he is mindful that 
Well, following their secret visit to Ukraine, Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said Monday that Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky is not only committed to winning his country's war against Russia, but that the U.S. will help him achieve that goal. Defense Secretary Austin says the nature of the fight has changed with Russia pulling away from northern regions of Ukraine to focus on the eastern Donbass region. In terms of uh, our their ability to win, uh, the first step in winning is believing that you can win. And so they believe that we can win. We believe that they, we can win, they can win if they have the right uh, equipment, the right support. And we're going to do everything we can, continue to do everything we can, to ensure that that gets you. Ukraine now focused on things like more tanks, artillery, and other munitions due to the shifting of the fight to the Donbass region in the eastern area of Ukraine. The U.S. announced an additional $300 million in aid to Ukraine over the past few days and an additional $165 million for ammunition to Ukraine. Criticism in the U.N. Security Council for not doing more to stop Russia's war on Ukraine. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky, in an address to the Security Council, challenged the body to act or dissolve itself. Linda Thomas-Greenfield is the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations. We know that the world is looking to the U.N. and wondering how to respond in the wake of Russia's unconscionable actions. Supporting refugees and countries taking and the countries taking them in is one of the most powerful and immediate ways that we all can help. And it is so important that the U.N. plays a key role in that. The U.N. General Assembly did pass resolutions condemning the war in Ukraine, including a resolution to remove Russia from the Human Rights Council. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. 77 WABC Time Check 515. That means it's time for Justin Ellick. Morning, Justin, with a look at sports. Good morning, Deb. I am Justin Ellick here with the early news sports update. A long off-season, sure, to be spent addressing glaring on and off the court issues has already begun for the Brooklyn Nets, who were swept by the Boston Celtics in the first round of the NBA Eastern Conference playoffs last night by a score of 116-112 to 112 in Game 4. Jason Tatum played the star yet again for Boston, dropping 29 points in 26 minutes on the floor. Jalen Brown added 22 of his own, and Marcus Smart registered a double-double as the Celtics make surprisingly easy work of an extremely talented yet dysfunctional Brooklyn Nets team. Kevin Durant had this to say following the embarrassing loss. No regrets. It happens. You know, no crying over spilled milk. It's about how we can progress and get better from here. 
Well, that might be a little bit of spilled milk. You uh, will want to cry over there, Kevin Durant. He did his part with 39 points, 9 assists, and 7 rebounds. But it wasn't enough to edge out a win at home in the Nets or headed home much earlier than expected. Around the rest of the NBA playoffs last night, the Raptors pulled to within a game of the Sixers as they win on the road 103-88. to And the Mavericks took a 3-2 to series lead over the Jazz with a 102-77 to win in Dallas. As for tonight, you've got the Hawks at the Heat at 7 p.m. with Miami up three games to one. The T-Wolves at the Grizzlies set for 7.30, nodded at two games apiece. And the Pelicans at the Suns at 10 p.m. with that series also tied at two. No local, no, no local ice hockey excuse me, action last night. But look out for all three teams tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern time. The Devils are in Ottawa to battle the Senators. The Rangers are set to host the Hurricanes. And the Islanders are in D.C. to face off with the Capitals. Now for our baseball fix, as just the Mets were on the field last night in St. Louis to duke it out with the Cardinals. Pinch hitter Dom Smith hustled for an infield single that drove in two huge runs. And the Orange and Blue capitalized on a very rare Nolan Arenado error to rally for five two-out runs in the ninth inning of what ultimately was a 5-2 victory on the road. They'll be back at it in St. Louis tonight at 7.45 p.m. Chris Bassett set to get the ball in that one going up against fireballer Jordan Hicks. As for the Yanks, they'll kick off a three-game set in the Bronx with the Baltimore Orioles tonight at 7.05. Luis Severino will toll the rubber in pinstripes, and Jordan Lyles will get the ball for the O's. Here with your early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. All right, thanks, Justin. And your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Cloudy today or high 62, some showers after 5 p.m. until about 11 tonight. Then it clears. The overnight low is 50. So clearing for tomorrow, turning mostly sunny, the high 55. But a breezy day tomorrow, winds 15 to 20 miles per hour. Right now, 52 degrees, cloudy skies here in Manhattan. Frank Morano standing by with your business report. I'm Frank Morano with your business report. The opening bell rings this morning after the trading week got off to a positive start Monday on Wall Street. The Dow Jones Industrial Average erased a nearly 500-point loss. As Microsoft and other tech shares rallied, Twitter rose nearly 6% on news Elon Musk is buying the social media company for $44 billion at the closing bell. The Dow Jones rose 238 points. The S&P 500 added 24 points, and the Nasdaq gained 165 points. Google investors are poised to raise hackles over a controversial Saudi Arabia project at the search giant's shareholder meeting, warning that the company risks serving up sensitive data on a silver platter to Saudi's top hitmen. The investors' concerns center around a major cloud computing center that Google's developing in partnership with Saudi Aramco, the kingdom's state oil company. The project was first announced in 2020 with Google saying it would help Saudi customers to confidently grow and scale their offerings in this market. Cyber attacks on three European wind energy companies since the start of the war in Ukraine have raised alarm that hackers sympathetic to Russia are trying to cause mayhem in a sector set to benefit from efforts to lessen reliance on Russian oil and gas. The companies attacked haven't publicly attributed the hacks to a particular criminal group or country, and Russia has consistently denied that it launches cyber attacks. Christopher Zip, a spokesman for Wind Europe, a Brussels-based industry group, said, but the timing of the attack suggests potential links to supporters of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Investors concerned about climate change have developed an effective playbook for getting companies to set more ambitious goals for reducing greenhouse gas emissions by pressuring, shaming, and conjoling executives. 
But those tactics aren't working on Warren Buffett and his Berkshire Hathaway conglomerate, which owns energy companies, a railway, insurance companies, and other businesses that pump huge amounts of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. As Mr. Buffett holds out, critics complain that Berkshire's businesses are doing less to cut emissions than similar companies. I'm Frank Morano on 77 WABC. I'll be back at 1 a.m. on the other side of midnight. Taking a look at your futures this morning, the Dow's down 72 points at 33,893. S&P 500 down six points. NASDAQ down six and a half. Gold up is up $8.10 an ounce at $1,904.10. Crude oil down a dollar twenty six right now at ninety seven dollars twenty eight cents. It's the WABC early news. Oh, welcome back, Deborah Valentine, with your seventy seven WABC early news. A New Yorkers say that they overwhelmingly support bail reform, but only a third say they believe that these changes, as contained in the New York State budget, will actually drive down crime. This new Siena College poll, Siena College up in Loudonville, New York, finds that two-thirds of those asked support bail reform that will make it easier for judges to jail defendants for the following. Things like gun crimes, violations of protection orders, or things like multiple appearance tickets. Here's New York Governor Kathy Hochul back in March. And I've also said if reforms are needed based on data that is still being gathered, I'm willing to have those conversations. So I don't feel just because people, for political reasons, like the individuals that you're quoting here today, want me to give an answer. That's not how I operate. I don't cave to pressure. I do what's right based on all the facts that come before me. So 14 percent told the poll that they actually oppose the changes to bail reform. And the majority of those polled also said that they support legalization of to-go cocktails and additional downstate casinos. Less than one quarter of those surveyed in that Siena College poll support the $600 million in state subsidies for a new Buffalo Bills stadium. However, three out of four folks polled said they support a six-month moratorium on the uh, gas taxes uh, moratorium, which uh, will save drivers 16 cents a gallon at the pumps, but only for six months. Felony assaults in New York City's transit system actually doubled between February and March of this year. Now, that's the highest level since the NYPD increased subway patrols 11 months ago. Despite the hike in assaults, subway crime overall was flat for March, according to NYPD data released last Friday. New York City Mayor Eric Adams has increased police in the transit system, doing so again after that mass shooting in Sunset Park, Brooklyn, left 10 shot and 19 hurt. Our system must be safe, uh, must be safe from actual crime, which we are going to do. Uh, and it must be safe from those who feel as though there's a total level of disorder in our subway system. New NYPD crime data stats find that felony assaults in the system increased from 41 in February to 62 in March. There were 180 felony crimes in March. That's down two in February. And the NYPD's reported subway crime rates have remained stubbornly above pre-pandemic figures when adjusted for ridership, which currently stands at about 55 percent of what it was in 2019. The MTA's board held its monthly meeting on Monday. The agency's inspector general has launched an investigation into the subway's cameras after it was found cameras at two stations the day of the subway shooting in Sunset Park were found to be defective. The probe will look into why cameras malfunctioned at the 36th Street and 25th Street stations. 
These malfunctions are believed to have aided in the escape of alleged gunman Frank R. James, who has since been apprehended. Here's MTA board member Hida B. Mahaltz. New Yorkers, unfortunately, no tragedy. But more importantly, New Yorkers are known for our strength, courage, compassion, and determination. After the April 12th incident, we continued to use the system, riding the subways and buses back home that afternoon, a bit more vigilant, looking out for each other. And ridership again just above half of what it was prior to the viral pandemic. A little over 50 people are allowed to attend that MTA meeting Monday and again on Wednesday with the full meeting posted online. The FDNY mourning the loss of one of its own. 31-year-old FDNY firefighter Timothy Klein died Sunday afternoon battling a house fire in Canarsie, Brooklyn, when the ceiling collapsed. Three other firefighters made it out but were injured. Black bunting hung at Ladder 170 Engine Company 257 in Brooklyn. Acting FDNY Commissioner Laura Kavanaugh mourned the firefighters' loss. I cannot describe the heartbreak of the FDNY today to have lost a member doing what our members do best, putting their lives on the line to save others. Klein was with Ladder 170 since the start of his career in 2015. Ironically, in January 2019, Klein eulogized his friend and fellow firefighter Stephen Pollard, who tragically lost his life when he fell through a gap on the Belt Parkway while trying to save victims of a car crash. Klein is the 1,157th member of the FDNY to die in the line of duty. Klein of Queens is survived by his father, retired FDNY firefighter Patrick Klein, his mother Diane, and three sisters' services for him. Not yet announced he is the second FDNY member to die in the line of duty so far this year. Jesse Gerhard died February 16th, 2022, after collapsing at his firehouse in Far Rockaway following a call. Taking a look now at your forecast from the Ramsey Monster Weather Center. Cloudy day today, some showers between 5 p.m. and 11 p.m. Today's high is 62, clearing skies overnight, the lows 50, then tomorrow. A mostly sun breezy winds 15 to 20 miles per hour and a high of 55. Right now we have 52 degrees, cloudy skies here in Manhattan. The oldest person in the world has died. Kane Tanaka has died in Japan. She was 119 years old. According to a statement released by the country's Ministry of Health, Labor and Welfare, Tanaka was born January 2nd, 1903. She actually died on April 19th of this year and the news of Tanaka's death confirmed by the Guinness Book of World Records. Tanaka was the second oldest person in the Guinness Book of World Records behind Jean Clement, who lived to be 122 years old. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 